everybody and welcome to Outfield Divey, a hardcore media podcast. I'm Rafa. I'm AJ. And I'm Drew. And every week we're going to be giving you guys a little bit of baseball history. And then every now and then we're going to sprinkle in some current events, talk about what's going on in the league. And this week we got a special report provided by AJ about the Cleveland Indians. All right. So the franchise originated in Grand Rapids, Michigan in 1894. And they were known as the Grand Rapid Rustlers. So it wasn't actually till the 1900s that Cleveland moved to, you know, their home now, Cleveland. And they were established as a major league franchise in 1901 as the Cleveland Bluebirds. So after that, they went ahead and changed their name to the Cleveland Napoleons after there was a newspaper contest going on around in their city, which is pretty funny. I feel like nowadays if you did, like, a newspaper contest, you got to be very careful. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they had, like, the Cleveland Fannies or something back then. You know, <laughs> Fanny was, like, their kind of version of a swear. But, I mean, it's pretty cool. Like, the same way the, the, the Houston Cole 45s got their name, mm-hmm. you know, through a name the team contest. Um... So, Indians, the Indian's name actually came from a request by the owner, Charles Somer, um, also nicknamed the Tribe and the Wahoos, and a common misconception, their mascot's name is actually Slider, and the logo is Chief Wahoo, which, personally, I mean, if we can touch on this real quick, guys, I still think it's a little ridiculous that they're still using that name, let alone that logo itself. I agree. I think it's pretty offensive, and, I mean, I can't do anything about it, but yeah. It's it's pretty offensive. So I pulled up the Indians mascot real quick. Like, is this? Yeah, it's not nothing's wrong with no. That's slider, but you see what's on his hat right there. Yeah, yeah, that's the chief, right? Right. So the logo. But the slider is like I just want you to describe him real quick because it's not something you'd expect at all. Nah. So slider looks like Barney, but with a yellow nose and yellow polka dots and no tail. And he's just yeah, big yellow hair. Wonder who came up with that? It looks pretty. Terrifying, I agree. Terrifying, yeah. <laughs> he looks like a purple parrot. For real. It's giant. Okay. Um, well, anyways, the team reaches and wins the World Series title in 1920. Yeah, so that's their first World Series title. And we'll definitely get into more detail about that once we get done with this little brief summary history. The new owner, Bill Veek, makes a big move on signing... Larry Dobby, former former Negro League player, which helped break the color barrier in 1947. Yeah, yeah I'm I not sure you. I'd like the... If I, I mean, that is the, that's literally official what it was name. called. That, that is the official name. Yeah, I'm not trying to be name. a douchebag. Um, okay. That's just what, literally what, there was two leagues, and yeah, um, African Americans were for, if they wanted to play baseball, they were forced to play into the Negro League. Like, that's literally what happened. Mm. And so um, this was, like, one of the first moves that, like, helped bring, help like, get rid of that segregation, you know? Um, so this actually happened three weeks after the Dodgers brought in Jackie Robinson. Yeah, that's actually really cool. Yeah, so they were the second team to, to bring in someone. Yeah, I did not know that. I mean, you always hear about Jackie Robinson, right? It's kind of... Mm-hmm. You, you forget about the guys that trickled in after him, but you, it's obviously not It was just easy. as difficult for all of them. And we yeah. De- yeah, we definitely got to do an episode just on that alone, of course. Mm-hmm. And MLK Day is next Monday, so. <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah. Um, also, one year later, the team reaches the World Series and wins. 
Yes. So they, they get to the World Series again in 1948, and they end up winning, um, you know, a year after getting Larry Dobby. Um, amazing, amazing team that year, you know. And then when they kind of went through a gap of losing a little bit, but then they had a nice season in 1954 with a record of 111 wins and 43 losses. And their win percentage was 721. So this is actually like the American League record of the best winning percentage. Because later on in 98, the Yankees would go ahead and win 114. But they they lost more games, so their percentage was lower. But yeah, they had more games. So it's like two, uh, it's like almost the same record, but it's like a different record. So the Indians hold the the percentage winning record, right? And the Yankees win the most. They won the most games. Hmm. And so the the Clevelanders actually went on to reach the World Series that year, and they lost in a devastating sweep to the Mets. And that's like Man. where one of the most famous like. The, well, one of the most famous Willie Mays plays where he uh, where he catches the ball over his shoulder. Mm. If if you've never heard of it, I'm sure many of you have. Yeah, just take just put this on pause, go to YouTube, and that that catch is awesome. <laughs> For real. So 60s, 70s, 80s, and the early 90s brought a lot of losing to the team. Uh, from 1960 to 1993, though, they weren't able to achieve a first or second place finish. Um, they did get a promising package of prospects in 92, including Sandy Alomar Jr., Carlos Bar- uh, Barrega, and uh, getting Kenny Lo- and they got Kenny Lofton from the Astros. Yeah, so uh, I'm pretty sure those are pretty familiar names with, if you knew, if you know baseball, you know, Sandy Alomar, Carlos, nice. and Kenny Lofton. Like, yeah, so they were starting to look nice. And then 94 comes around, and it's kind of like a rebirth. They get a new field, Jacobs Field named after the new owner, and they got great new prospects coming up, you know. And the the unfortunate thing is they, they were doing great all season, but 94 ended with the player strike. So everything was just cut off there. No, Nothing was taken, and that, you know, nothing could have been more done with that season. In 1995, they get an American, an American League. League pennant. Since 54. Yeah, so they pretty much go 40 years without winning one pennant. And Man. that's that's pretty rough. And like I said earlier, they pretty um, they didn't get a first or second place finish at all. They were pretty much on the bottom for like 40 years. They got one third place in those 40 years. Man, that's tough. So, yeah, and that, that 95 season, amazing. Players like Omar Vizquel, Jim Tomei, Manny Ramirez, Kenny Lofton, you know, legends, like, legends. So, yeah, you, you know, obviously that was going to be a, a great team. Definitely future Hall of Famers. Yep. And so, you know, they, they ended up losing to the Braves in six games that World Series. And then um, in the next season, in 96, they actually go on to win the Central again. But this time, they lose to the Orioles in the Division Series. The, then they reach the World Series again in 97. Yeah, so in 97, they reach the World Series again. And it's it's pretty funny when I was doing all these reports. Like, it's kind of... They lost the, the 97 World <laughs> Series in similar fashion to how they lost the 2016 World Series to the Cubs. Um, they lost Game Seven in in extra innings, and it's just it's just crazy how sometimes like history repeats itself. But uh, pretty fortunate for us, I think. Yeah, <laughs> Cubs fan. 
Excuse as me for the outcome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Cleveland. For sure. Hey, by the way, shout out for that parade over the Browns. Nice. 16. Awesome. <laughs> uh, but they would again reach the playoffs in 98, but then they would fall to the Yankees in the American League Championship Series. Uh, they'd win their fifth consecutive uh, American League Central Division title in 99, but they lose the division series against the Red Sox. After the 2000 series, they would lose Manny Ramirez to the Red Sox in free agency, and that's, you know, when Manny starts being Manny. For real. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he's obviously doing work with the Indians coming up, and it's just, he, he, they fell short just too many times, and they saw Boston's right there, so he made the move, and obviously he made the right one, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to move on to some notable years and players. Um, Ray Chapman, he became the only player to die from a pitched baseball in 1920. Yeah. Yes. Very unfortunate, but it's not something that happens every day. No, it's so he's the only reported player to, to die from a pitched baseball. The yeah. way the story goes is back then they kind of played, you know, like... Like, really manly, really old-fashioned style, and they were a little dirty with the ball. Uh, I forgot who was on the mound, but pretty much they would throw dirt on the ball, spit on the ball, put grass. And so the ball was kind of like a, it looked like a dark, dark shade, and it was a day game. And with the roofs and everything, the shadow was, was getting, like, towards the batter's box. So it was really hard to see the ball at the time. And Ray Chapman was known for crowding the plate. So, yeah, pitcher throws the ball, hits Chapman in the head, and unfortunately he dies, and... It's kind of weird what happens to a team after someone dies. Um, they were they were in the middle of an important rate, um, pennant race against the Yankees and the White Sox, and rookie Joe Swell so well he stepped up as a grace replacement, and it just tells you you know sometimes like a tragedy brings something good. I don't want to say that's good, but in I guess like it could definitely make your team the team feel better knowing that you guys are doing better and you know playing for for Ray Chapman I guess that's the way I would I would kind of see it but overall it's still a sad outcome um Bob Feller came in in uh in 1936 and went uh went on to be the Indians all-time leader in wins and strikes uh he's a member of the 1948 World Series Club and he enlisted in the Navy two days after Pearl Harbor so he definitely, you know, responded to the call to action. Yeah, so, you know, I thought that was incredible that two days after Pearl Harbor, Feller, incre- incredible pitcher, just decides to put down his career and says, I got to fight for my country because we're under attack right now. How many people do you think looked at his example and followed his lead? Um, no, that's sure just like somebody in his sure position. sure that made some kind of... Actually, somebody um, in his position, like a, somebody in the... Public eye doing something like that. I know there's actually a lot of crazy stories too about um, sports in general. Just the the way they were left when all the me- like able-bodied men went off to war. There was a lot of uh, unlikely sports heroes that came up in that time too to replace, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of combination of teams too. A little football fact: the Steelers and the Eagles combined to be the Steagles. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, but Bob Feller was also a Cy Young pitcher, and he um, he pitched for the Clevelands during the mid 1890s. So actually, no. Oh, I'm um, sorry. This is Cy, Young. Cy Young pitched for the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> oh, and, man, yes. I read that so wrong. This, this Wait a was minute. in the 1890s. Um, I, I didn't know myself. that that Cy Young start pretty much started his career with the Indians. 
Um, Neither did I. Yeah. That's why I read that totally. I was like, I saw Cy Young picture underneath his name. And I, just <laughs> I think in like most it. of the other reports we've been doing, we've been oh. mentioning Cy Young awards. And so, here he is. Man, that's amazing. And actually, the award didn't come into play until 1956, where they were, they award the Cy Young uh, Award to the best pitcher for that season. Um, just an honorable mention, there was Shulis Joe Jackson played on the Indians, and so did Nap Lajohi. So, moving on to their to their championships, uh, they only have two, <clears throat> and they're, and some interesting stuff. Uh, in their 1920 World Series, they defeated the Brooklyn Robins. So, they won four straight games after going down 2-1, and they were the only team to record the only triple play in World Series history. So, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And then in 1948, their second World Series title, they defeated the Boston Braves four games to two. And they have not won a World Series title since then. But, you know, their most recent appearance was in 2016 in a crazy showdown against the Cubs, which had one of the best series, one of the best Game 7s that we have seen here. Definitely the best Game 7 I've seen. But that's probably biased because I'm a Cubs fan. Honestly, like, it is one of the best... Should be one of the best World Series. It was pretty like nerve wracking. I, mean, I don't know, man. For that game, that game seven intense. with the yeah with Houston and Yankees too. The, yeah, that game seven was nothing to this one. This one was like yeah. this one was a constant. This was like a movie. This was like if they made a movie, they couldn't make it. There couldn't be any more dramatic than yeah. game seven. Than it wouldn't be like twenty sixteen game seven. That's facts. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they they show up in twenty sixteen losing seven games. Sorry. Uh, so some controversies. Um, 2017 team wins 22 games straight. The MLB record for the longest winning streak with no ties. Um, and then the Black Sox scandal actually helped Cleveland push past the Sox. Um, the White Sox had eight players intentionally throw away the 1919 World Series against the Cincinnati Reds. Hmm. Bob Feller pitches no-hitter to open... The 1940 season. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That's a fact. (laughs) I think um, that's all we have for uh, our history of the Cleveland Indians. What do you guys think about the team in general? I think they're doing great. They're they're still in a position to keep winning. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Great great team, yeah. Terry Francona is doing a great job over there right now. I mean, you you really can't find a manager that's better than you're. There's there's very few managers better than him. Yeah. I mean, not a lot of not that there's not that many very good baseball gurus out there, but Francona is definitely one of them. Yeah, definitely one. Of them. And um, so yeah, I mean, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. Let us know what you think. Thanks again. for listening. Yep. Uh, again, this is Outfield. Until Ivy. next time. <laughs> I'm Rafa. <laughs> I'm AJ. And I'm Drew. See ya.